you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Exodus chapter 33. Brother Beavis, so good to see you this morning. Other guests that are with us, God bless you. Amen. Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read four verses here, beginning with the 12th verse of Exodus chapter 33. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up his people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. In other words, he's saying, God, you, you, you asked me to go do something, but you haven't told me who's going with me, and I'm not going by myself. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. So, God, you know that I've got some inferiority complexes and you know that I got have some personal issues here. And you even said, Lord, that I have found grace in your sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. Lord, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I need to know it for myself. And consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, Carry us not up hence. By the help of the Lord this morning, I just want to preach for a little while into your hearing about the importance of His presence, of being in His presence. How many of you know it's important to be in the presence of God? Lord, help us this morning to speak what you've laid upon my heart. Let the Lord let it come forth with passion today as you have dealt with my spirit over the last little while regarding your your presence and being in your presence. I pray now, God, that your glory would fill this house and before we leave today, that your presence would draw us nigh unto you, that you would draw nigh unto us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. I have lived long enough to recognize the importance of the knowledge of God. Aren't you thankful for the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is important. The Bible teaches us that we need to 
have knowledge of, of God. We need proper understanding, and we need right doctrine. These things are important. Without a clear understanding, it's very easy for us to be led away and led astray. We, we live in a day, though, of advanced understanding. Things are available, readily available. If you now, hardly any of us have any excuse why that we don't have some form of higher education because we have, we have it available now um, at the touch of a screen. And you can go to schooling online. You can go to schooling in your own hours. Um, it, you, you don't have to go in the office and work it out. You don't have to be at certain places at certain times. It's, it's become so readily available. We've never lived in a time that there is more information regarding God and spiritual things than today. Um, there was a time maybe when it was not as easy as it is today. When I first entered into ministry, I, I have been in, a, in an unbelievably transitional time of ministry. When I first uh, entered into ministry and uh, I went to Bible college, no one had a computer. And some of our instructors actually required us to have typewritten responses and papers turned in and I actually owned a typewriter. And technology's really changed. And it used to be that people had to pray and seek God and know what God really wants to speak. Now they can download what God wants to speak. And, and a lot of preachers do. They find the easy ready-made and just, that's... Mm. I got to be easy this morning. We're living in a day of advanced understanding. My point is, is that it, anything from sermons to tidbits to ideas to thoughts, sometimes I see people post things on social media and, and all they've done is ripped it off of somebody else. Because I saw the original poster and then they take and repost it, change two words, put their name at the bottom of it. We live in a day where technology has moved us to where understanding and knowledge is just so available. More people are educated, well-educated, and higher educated today than any other previous generation. Uh, and I'm a proponent of education. Do not want this to come across. Someone asked me the other day regarding their education and a, and a move they could make. And I, one of our young adults, and I told them, whatever you do, stay with your education. It is important. So I am a proponent of education. I, I believe in education. Knowledge is important. But knowledge without experience will not produce much. Yet experience without understanding will lead people to be vulnerable to extremes and easily be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. So here, your pastor comes this morning once again talking about finding a way to balance. Everybody say balance. Experience and understanding. So, 
So balance is important. There must always be balance in order for us to be able to stand. But perhaps my greatest concern in this generation that we live in is that many receive credentials without an experience. And so because they feel that they have a paper stating that they are who they are without an experience, they don't know how to properly apply what they have learned. I have learned that nothing will replace experience. Experience alone, I've already mentioned, can make a person vulnerable to many things, but this balance thing is so very important. A lot of people have credentials to teach, but they They, they're seducers. That's what the Bible calls them. I'm using Bible terms here. They lack anointing. They have a head knowledge of God, but they don't have an experience with God. They spend a lot of time studying and very little time praying. They spend a lot of time understanding God, but little time getting to know God. Now this is where I'm going today. Because it is very important that you know God, but it is that, that you have a knowledge of God, but it's more important that you have a relationship. John the evangelist wrote to a select group, who were being inundated with knowledge. They were having knowledge and teachers rising up. It was the Greek way. They, they had teachers coming and teaching them and teaching them. And John, the evangelist, wrote about it. And he said, they have knowledge, but they lack the unction of the Spirit. Or in other words, they lack the anointing. They have understanding without anointing. The only way that you can get understanding is through teaching and experience. But the only way that you can be anointed is to have an experience and a relationship with God. Over and over in John's first letter, he uses the term to abide. Look at your neighbor and tell him abide. Abide. Over and over again, John tells the church, abide, abide in him. Let him abide in you. Abide in what you have been taught. He said, abide by that which was given to you by your fathers. Abide in what you have received from the Holy Ghost. Uh-oh. And in the second chapter, in the 27th verse of John, uh, 1 John, he said, But the anointing which ye have received of Him, everybody say of Him, of Him abideth 
in you. Can I get that on the screen? 1 John 2.27 But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you. And watch. And ye need not that any man teach you. Because see, this is what's going on in their day. There's teachers everywhere. People are coming. Well, I've got this insight. I've got this knowledge. I've got this understanding. If I can just teach you what to do and how to do and the way to do. I was a part-time instructor for, for about three of the four years that I was in Indianapolis. And I taught in several classes. As a matter of fact, one of the classes that I taught was expository and textual preaching. And in that class, a lot of guys came in. And so I would ask them in the first class, what is it that you want to know? What is it that I can teach you? I want to hear from you. And so I, I heard back from them. And a lot of them was like, well, I, I, want, I want to learn. I took this class because I want to learn how to preach. And the whole purpose of of the first class was to hear back from them so that I could respond back to explain to them that I cannot teach you how to preach. I cannot teach you, church, how to have an experience with God. I can give you some insights and open some opportunities and some doors for you to say this is how you step through the door. But you are going to have to make the opportunity yourself to get on location with God in a time of prayer and consecration that is between you and God. You can study and learn everything you should learn. As a matter of fact, Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, Timothy, don't you go out here and just get up and yell and holler and scream and hoop and carry on and you don't under, even understand what the Bible is saying. You need to be knowledgeable so that you don't have to be ashamed of making a wreck out of what you are talking talking about but at the same time there is the counter to this all I've got to do is have a knowledge of God because we must have an experience with God and it must be a daily experience a continual experience where we go back to the point of I need to know about your power and your presence that I cannot learn in my head but it's got to get in my spirit He said that anointing that you received of him abideth in you and you need not any man teach you but as the same anointing teacheth you all things. He's not speaking against teaching and understanding. What he is dealing with in this text is he's dealing with people who will let me teach you how to do this and how to, if, if they're really ever becomes a point that I have to have somebody teach me everything about the moving of the Spirit. Then I have lost my sensitivity. There is some things that only being in an apostolic environment that the anointing teaches you how I should respond. He is telling them, 
beware of heady teaching. Oh, did I use a word? Heady. Can I talk about it for a minute? Because we live in a, in a generation, we live in a day. The Bible talked about it. it. He talked about toward the end time, as we approach the end time, that, that men are going to become heady, high-minded. He goes on loving pleasure. I'm not going to get into that today because of time. But he talked about men are going to get lifted up. And what I need is I need, I need initials behind my name. Nothing wrong with that. God bless you. The more you get education you get, the better you're going to do in your jobs, the better you're going to do in life. I am pro that. Don't misunderstand and miscalculate what I'm preaching today. Not preaching against education. I wish I'd have learned more. Thank you for finding humor in it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with education. Nothing wrong with knowledge. But we got to balance it with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Because get me in an apostolic environment where the anointing of God is flowing. I would rather hear an anointed preacher with little education that knows how to flow in the moving of the Spirit. I would rather be around a saint of God that may not be able to quote half of the book of Psalm, but they can come in and get in the, in the Spirit on the Lord's day and begin to worship and begin to pray. And God begins to move. He's telling them, beware of heady teaching. Because he says, the teachers are wanting to teach you for personal gain. They want you in their downline. They want you in their network. They want you paying homage to them. They're looking for something from you, so they want to teach you so they can control you. And so... Ultimately, this is what John is telling them. Judge their intellect by their level of anointing. Mm. I want to do more than just know Him. I want to know. I know when I'm in the presence of God. I know when God speaks to me. I know when God is trying to expressly say something to the church. I know the difference between head knowledge and spiritual understanding. And the only way that one can be anointed is to spend time in His presence. There's a huge difference in knowing about Him and knowing Him. To know Him, you have to get in His presence. One can know all the facts about Him. Let me tell you about God. Let me tell you who Jesus is. But give me a man that has had an encounter with God. 
there is something that is communicated by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody, I understand preaching is subjective. Whomever, who, who, it is your preference. Different people like different styles of preaching and different styles of teaching. And, and, and that's, I'm talking about delivery styles of preaching and teaching. And some like this one and don't like that one. And that's all well and good. That Your personality, your, uh, your understanding, your ability all comes into play. There is no right and wrong way. That's why it's just you've got to let the anointing of God speak to those. And, 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 and this is what makes us a church. But somebody can have all the facts about him and, and know, know how to explain all the deep details of Scripture. But as soon as the anointing of God sweeps in, they're lost. They're a man that is lacking the anointing. We must be on location with God and be comfortable. I know this is a little abnormal for Sunday morning, but, but I'm going to go ahead and say what I feel this morning. I worry about people who get uncomfortable when the anointing of God begins to flow and the, the working and operation of the Spirit begins to flow and they get uncomfortable. You are not spending enough time one-on-one -on -one with God because you need to be comfortable in His presence. I don't want to just be comfortable. I love preaching. I love teaching. I, I probably more so than others. Uh, my 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 staff often. Uh, there's been many jokes made. I can sit down, have a meeting, and that meeting can last five or six hours. I'm good to go. No problem. I can sit down and listen to somebody teach. I can go and go and go and go, and they're all like checked out. My wife and Danny. Danny's drumming on something. My wife, she's writing on something. Cheryl stays with me for a while. And then she's like, I got work to do. Sorry, you have to finish this later. And I'm good. I love it. I love knowledge. I love to learn. I can sit. I can learn. I can, I, I can read for a long period of time. I can listen. I can ingest for a long period of time. So I'm not against learning and understanding. We've got to have that. But there becomes an issue in the church when our prayer meetings are more intellectual than spiritual. There's your word for today. Our prayer meetings are not intended to be intellectual. That's what the preaching and teaching of the word of God is about. But our prayer meetings are about being spiritual. We've got to get passionately spiritual. We got to get in the, in the flow. Oh, some of you aren't gonna aren't gonna. You, you know, you were amening me about good teaching, but a good prayer meeting ought to be red hot, revival, fire burning. People ought to be praying with passion. I may not understand it all. I may not get it all, but I want to be in His presence. I'll joy. I'm just going to jump on off the notes this morning. I was talking to uh, Brother Jeremy a few days ago. He's talking about a man at work, and, and this man at work's been he, they've been conversing, and, and the man started asking him some questions about prayer and about praying in the Holy Ghost, and 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 the man came to Jeremy, and he's like, "Man, our church is moving into this new area. I'm not talking about an apostolic Jesus name church." He said, "We're moving into a whole new area." He said, "Man, have you ever experienced praying in tongues?"
think I read somewhere, if these don't, if they hold their peace, I'll cause, mm -hmm, I'll cause the very rocks to cry out. Jeremy told him, man, I, I know all about this. I'm, I've been, let me tell you that God is not just working here. And by here, I'm not talking about Frankfurt. I'm talking about in the apostolic movement. God is beginning to give the revelation and understanding of the operation and moving of the Holy Ghost to denominational people that have been deep in tradition but God is beginning to give them a revelation of the importance of the operation and moving of the spirit come on apostolics it's time to move to the next level and get in the spirit on the Lord's day that I want to do more than just be taught there's some things I want to catch in the presence of God I don't ever want to get to the point that I'd rather know about him than I would know him. God's been giving me some revelation and understanding about my personal prayer and the calling of this church to personal prayer. We've got to go to a deeper level of prayer than we've ever been. I know we just came through 40 days of prayer and fasting. Thank you for showing up to prayer meeting. But God has been pressing upon me and laying upon me and burdening me. He says our prayer needs to become more passionate and more spontaneous. We've got to go to a deeper level of prayer. We've got to get in a place to where it doesn't matter who's coming in and who's leaving or how long we're here and we're not looking at the clock saying five more minutes, ten more minutes, but we just get in the presence of God and all that matters is that we are receiving a download from heaven. His presence is worth more than anything else. This is why David with a repentant heart in Psalm chapter 51 says he understood the importance. He said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Do I need to explain to a church this morning that David is talking about the presence of God because the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that you and I have an opportunity to experience today was not even poured out. Yet he's talking about the presence of God when he said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He was talking about the presence of God that you and I have the opportunity to live within us. David could only get around it. And David said, don't remove my ability to be able to just get around your presence. Because when I get around your presence, there is something that happens to me. How much more should this modern day church that has the opportunity by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling of the Spirit of God, God in me, Christ in me, my hope of glory. How much more should I say, God, don't ever remove your Spirit from me. Because what David got excited about being around is what the angels can do. They desire to look into it. But you and I 
can live with His presence flowing through us. I want to get on location. If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, you don't need to leave here without it because you can do more than just being around Him. You can have this presence living within you. David had to search for it. All you and I have to do is call on His name because He's with us. Oh God, I value your presence more than I ever have before. The world has lost the value of presence. Our society has. Watch your children and grandchildren go into a restaurant. Watch at family dinner. Our devices are there. The phone, the laptop, the iPads, the video games. We're connected with a false world. While the most important people in our lives are sitting at dinner without conversation. We're on Facebook talking to people who aren't really our friends. They're just in competition to see who has the most connections. The world has lost their value of presence. I've always struggled talking to people who are not intently listening. Sometimes I'm guilty about being getting busy. My wife Often I'll go in places, I'll be busy, I'm locked, in, I'm, you know, I'm locked into what I need to be doing. And I bump into somebody and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm trying to walk on and my wife like grabs me and like jerks me back, you know. It's like they're trying to talk to you. Oh. But when I want to talk to somebody, I, I struggle. I'm trying to lock in and talk to them. They have their phone out. Spencer, are you listening to me? Yeah, Dad. Spencer, what did I just say? I don't know, Dad. You tell me again. I only want to say this one time. The world's lost the value of presence. I walked into a restaurant with my wife the other night late. We're celebrating her 29th birthday again. It's a miracle around here. It's a good reason to come to church here. You can have 29th birthdays over and over again. <laughs> so we went down, went over to Kokomo and got a bite to eat. And I tried to do something special because I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. And so I drove her over to Indianapolis and uh, got her some creme brulee. And uh, it was late at night. We go in. The restaurant was closing down. And they said, well, yeah, you can sit right over here. And we sat down. I looked around the room. I saw a man and his wife. They were sitting at a booth by us. I sat down, and I watched them, observed them the whole time that they were sitting there late in the evening. They were both sitting there on their phones while they sat in the cross from the people that perhaps were the most important people in their life. They were over there surfing the web, texting somebody else, talking to somebody. They were completely, they were, they were on location, but they weren't present. It's like sometimes I, I get worried 
I get worried when I see people who, who they come to church like, like I've got to punch a time clock and come to church. But you never see them ever engage in what God's trying to do during that service. And I feel the Holy Ghost impressing me to speak to some today that show up but never become present. I had a teacher one time when I was in junior high school. Every day she would call roll. I don't even know if they do that anymore. They still call roll in school. It was kind of neat every morning. They'd go down the roll list. And we would say, here, in every class except hers. Miss Garner, she just passed away a few days ago. I was thinking about this, but Miss Garner, she wouldn't let me say here. She wanted us to say present. And she said, because I, I don't want you just to show up in my class and be here. But I want you to be present. Hmm. I wonder if that's why the scripture is so full of things like in his presence. Is fullness of joy. I don't understand, Pastor. I go to church, but I don't get that joy everybody's talking about. Are you present? Or are you just here? Hmm. Is this too much? God is calling the church to become present. I need to get on. I want to know what the Spirit is speaking to the church. I want to do more than just hear a message with a cool little story that I can remember this week about a little, a little boy and his dog. But I want to come and get on location and hear what the Holy Ghost is wanting to speak to the church. I want to get on location. What does this mean for me? What is God wanting to do for me? What is the challenge in my life? What can I do? What am I going to do? Because I want to know. I want to do more than just know Jesus and believe in Jesus. But I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in, in the power of his spirit. I want to know. I I want to understand what he's doing when his presence moves in. I don't want to be lost and, and, and I'm in dream world somewhere uh, waxing my car in the afternoon while church, but I want to get on location with where he's at. I want to be present when he shows up because it's in his presence where there is fullness of joy. I've got to get in his presence. There is nothing like the presence of God. I've been blessed in my lifetime to be in the presence of people in high places. I was a valet parker in school when I was, I worked for, as a valet uh, parking attendant uh, when I was in Bible college in Houston. And I was working at River Oaks Country Club and I was able to be there uh, when Fergie came in and they brought, they, not, the, not the star, not the, rock, the person that doesn't know how to sing the national anthem. I, I, For the younger generation, <laughs> and to put that clause in. And Fergie came in from England, and, and I was able to be there. And I'm like, wow, man, this is cool. I was right there. I mean, they were, we were gathered around. I'd been through security and everything. I'm right there, able to see. You know, of course, security had her all so blocked out, all I could see was the top of her hair. But I was there. <laughs> it didn't change my life. 
gave me a cool little story to tell, but it didn't change my life. You can be moved by being in the presence of, of important and distinguished people, but only an encounter with the presence of God has the power to transform you. We never come out of an encounter with God the way we went in. Isaiah had an encounter with God and his words were, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. He was never the same. Moses took off his shoes, which was a sign of vulnerability and reverence to God. His life and direction was changed forever. Everything about his future was changed after that encounter with God. Job in the 42nd chapter in the 5th verse, he said, I've heard all about you with my ears, but now that my eyes have been able to see you, my life is forever changed. Peter and John had an encounter with God that was so powerful that the people around them said, we perceive, we understand. That these men are ignorant and unlearned. But I perceive that they have been with Jesus. Mm. Church, I'm trying to tell you today that what's better than just showing up to church is getting on location with Him. Since I'm here, God, you go ahead and stop right by. That's why I don't want to just come sit through a service. I know it cost us a little energy. I know it cost you your daydream of whatever. But when I come into the house of the Lord, I want to lock into what God is wanting to do today. I'm going to worship. I'm going to respond. Why is it that the worship leader says, lift your hands, clap your hands, say hallelujah, turn to your neighbor, touch your toes and turn around three times. He's trying to get you to pull out of where you've been all week. You're in church. Come on, let's get on location with God. Recognize that God is wanting to speak to your heart. God's wanting to change your life. God is wanting to minister to you. And that can only happen if you are present. You've got to do more than be here. You've got to be present. Knowledge can change your mind. But an encounter with His presence will change your spirit. An encounter with God will transform you. Your image will become like His image. Knowledge will give you understanding. But the real change comes when you get in His presence. Perhaps I've made my point already this, this morning. But let me just move toward a close very quickly. This is why that altar call in this church, I'm not speaking of other churches, everybody does it differently. But in this church, this is why altar call is so important. Listen, I'm going to speak to you this morning. I know this is not typical of Sunday morning. But altar call is not the end of the best part, which is preaching. Altar call is the response to the best part, 
which is preaching of the Word of God. Because the preaching of the Word of God, it's foolishness to those that are lost, but to we which are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. And so the response to the altar, the response at the altar, is a response to the preaching. And so therefore the purpose of preaching is to save the lost. The response at the altar is to see that birthing process of the baby being born. The message will deal with your reasoning and thought process. But change comes when you encounter him at the altar. Can I say a couple of strong words this morning without offending you? Because I don't want to offend you. I don't want to make enemies this morning. But I, I want to say this to you. Be cautious of people. Particularly, particularly people who claim to be spiritual. And have all the answers to spiritual questions. But they are not engaged during the altar call. You have a knowledge of God. But you're denying the power. Oh, you have a form. Am I in the Word of God? Oh no, that's talking about some other denomination. No, it's not. It's talking about somebody who has a head knowledge of God but denies the working and operation of His Spirit and His power that happens when we get on location with His presence. The purpose of the text that I brought to you this morning, the Scripture is saying, judge them by their anointing that comes from His presence. This is why the culture of prayer in the church is so important. Because if we're not careful, we will become fat on the Word of God, but never exercise in the presence of God. Mm. We, I'm going to say it again for those that want to tweet that this morning. If we're not careful, we'll become fat on the Word and never exercise in His presence. Because the Word of God ought to build our faith so that during the moment of in His presence now, we exercise our faith. And faith without works is dead. So you can have it all built up all you want. But until you engage it, I'm preaching good to you this morning. This is why the culture of prayer is so important. An encounter will go with God will always bring about change in our life. You think you're good enough? Get on location with God. He's going to challenge you to take another step. Preacher, I don't understand it. I've been to the altar. I come to the altar. I come two or three times a month. Then come two or three times a week. Well, why do I need to do that? Because the more you're in His presence, the more He's going to form you into His likeness. See, the Word of God will transform your thinking, but the presence of God will transform your, your life. It will, it will manifest in you, and you will walk out with a whole different response to what you have learned because you got in His presence. An encounter with God, with God will always bring change. If you genuinely seek Him, you will find Him. His power is always available to minister to you. And we're given a strong warning against rejecting the opportunity to be in His presence. If you choose to bypass an opportunity, 
for an encounter with him. We're moving ourselves into a dangerous place of becoming heady and high-minded. That's why the balance has got to happen. Most of us, this is what I feel, and this is for, for, for this church this morning, but th- this is a word that I feel would be applicable to the apostolic movement and Christendom in general. If we're not careful, we get so caught up with knowledge and information and study and teaching. But we must balance that out with the operation of the Spirit of God under the anointing of God. Because in the presence of God, God can do more in a moment than I can do with my preaching and teaching in a lifetime. I can tell you, You need to recover. I can tell you, you need to make a change in your life. But all I'm doing is dealing with your thought process. But when you get in His presence and you come before Him and you fall on His face, I can usually hear the prayer of a man and know where he is in his heart because our prayer tends to reveal our heart. When somebody comes and they kneel down and, Oh God, oh God, hallelujah, oh God, you're not making any headway. But when we come and say, Oh God, I am a man that is lost and weary without you. All of a sudden it shifts. Oh, now you are opening yourself up and making yourself vulnerable for the presence of God to begin to move and change and deliver you. You want to know where your help really comes from? It comes from after you have received the word of God. You get in his presence and begin to pray and seek God for the change to come in your life. Because when you seek him, the Bible said you will find him. God is not running from you. People, somebody wrote a book, it became popular and he made a lot of money off of it. It's entitled God Chasers. There's some good points in the book, but the point is, yes, I want to chase after God, but you don't have to chase after God because his word said when I take a step toward him, He takes a step toward me. He's not running from me. I don't have to chase God. God has been looking for me all along. He's not not waiting on God. God's waiting on me. But he'll never force his presence on us. We have to seek his presence. Pay attention to what I'm about to say to you this morning. Those of you who are going through struggle and difficulty. Welcome to the club. We come through the awakening and I just went through the week of Hades. Let that settle into some of you. (laughs) We come through high spiritual times and go into one of the lows of lows. But God will never break in to your situation. God will never break into your situation. You have to break out and allow God to come into your situation. If you don't want Him, you're not going to have Him. If you don't request Him, He's not going to step in. 
I don't understand why God's not doing it. Are you being obedient to God? Are you opening every avenue and every opportunity for God to step in and work in your situation? Are you praying daily for it? Are you opening your life? Are you shutting God out and saying this is the way it is? This is the way it's going to be. And God is saying if you'll change your mind, I'll step in and change the situation. I'm not going to take on something that doesn't belong to me. I want to draw nigh unto God and have Him draw nigh unto me. But God wants in. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, but you've just got to open the door. Oh, I'm waiting for God to show up in my situation. Open the door. Well, I'd come to prayer meeting, but you know, I got all this stuff going on. Won't you open the door? I'd be faithful to church, but I've got all these problems. Why don't you open the door? Am I making any sense this morning? Because it's His presence. This is why it's important. I want to do more than just go to church. I want to be in His presence. I want an encounter with God. And listen, He wants an encounter with us. I'm closing. Give them some hope, sir. David said, In thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God calls Moses to go and lead the people out. And the way that people would know to follow Him was because God said, I will be with you. Moses said, Lord, I hear you saying all this to me, but I have no understanding of how I'm going to bring the people up because they're not going to follow me. You haven't let me know, God, who you're going to send with me. And the Lord kind of rebukes Moses in his for his lack of understanding that it's not never a man that you need. The moment that I start thinking that the revival in this church is about me and that what God is doing in this church is about me. I'm the most unlikely, undeserving guy to be standing where I am. I pinch the back of my hand sometimes to make sure that that's, this is real. That I'm blessed to be where I am, serving where I am. But if I fell off of the scene tomorrow, God would continue to do in this church what He's already doing. Because it's never been about a man. It's always been about his intention of doing what he wants to do. God said, Moses, go lead the people out. He starts giving God instructions. You haven't let me know who's going with me. And the Lord said, Moses, it's not anybody that you need. It's me. So all you need to know, Moses, is I'm with you. Not in the text that I read, but in another. He says, who do I tell them sent me? He said, just say, I am. Because Moses, if you'll ever get through your head that it's not another person, another program, another lesson, but what you need is you just need me. You just need my presence to be with you. 
And somewhere in that conversation, Moses gets the revelation. And he said, God, if you're not going with me, whatever you do, don't send me. Here's where I am this morning. God, what you're doing in this season, I don't want you to do it without me. But God, if you're not in it, I don't want any part of it. I want your presence, God. I want your presence to go with me. When I walk out, I want your presence to be with me. When I come in, I want your presence to be with me. Because your presence is worth more. If his presence isn't there, I don't even want to go. I'm not going to allow this opportunity. If you're in the room today and you're not walking with his presence, I open these altars to you. Step out from where you are today and declare, I'm going with the presence of God. I don't want to just go. I don't want to just believe in Him, but I want to know Him for myself. I know these altars are going to get crowded, but if you're desperate to know Him, you ought to step out in a hurry this morning. Rush down here to the front. God is calling people this morning. He's calling you into His presence today. He is saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. Get in my presence. I'm going to give you rest. Cast your cares on me. Let's respond to the preached word this morning. His presence is powerful. He has the power to change you. Your situation can turn around in just a moment in His presence. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. In your presence, your love's It's you and God now. where the chains are loosed off your life. Oh, yes. Listen. Your peace is waiting. Oh, yes, in His presence. In Your presence. Come on, throw your hands in the air right now. Cry out to the Lord with a loud voice. Lord, all I need is found in Your presence. Just need your presence. Yeah. I need your presence. Come on, this is where healing comes. This is where your help comes.
reach out to him today. He's here today. He's here today. He's here today. Yes. He's here. He's here. All I need oh, yeah. is found in your presence. All I need. Oh, yes. It's found in your presence. It's right here in his presence. This is where your healing can come. This is where your deliverance can come. Come on, lunch can wait. People can wait. The agenda can wait. I just need a few minutes of in his presence. I want to get lost in his presence. Oh. 